0: Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, Brady Carducci, and in this episode of Real Talks, I sit down with Toronto-based actor, comedian, and YouTuber, Marlon Palmer. We discuss his early beginnings in entertainment, his creative approach when it comes to creating content, the importance of being authentic, key qualities upcoming entertainers need to possess in order to create a long-lasting career, and much more. If you're an aspiring content creator, comedian, actor, or just looking to gain an insight into the story of Marlon Palmer, you're going to enjoy this in-depth conversation. So, sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation with the one and only Marlon Palmer. So, hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Real Talks. I'm your host, like always, Brady Carducci. And today on the show, I have the pleasure of talking with a Toronto based YouTuber, actor, comedian. His comedic skits and parodies have garnered him more than 163 Three thousand uh, YouTube subscribers and over 22.5 million views to date. Today, you can find him co-hosting his own podcast, Extra Gravy, on your telev- television screens and commercials for Much Digital Studios, and online as a host for NBA TV's The Hangout. And before they were famous, please welcome to the show my guy, Marlon Palmer, aka that dude McFly. How's it going, man?
1: I'm good man thanks for having me
0: no thank you i appreciate you you know taking the time out of your schedule to sit down with me um you know i'm really excited to, to talk to you uh we're gonna get into you know your story your background dive deep into you know your career as an actor comedian and we can talk about some of the projects and cool stuff you, you got going on right now so before i get into that though i have to uh ask about you know we're living through a global pandemic right now how have you been dealing with it? What's life been like for you? And how are you, I guess, trying to like keep insane through this whole craziness?
1: Uh it's been great for me actually. I like really enjoyed this time to like I'm I'm a homebody anyways. I don't like oh, okay. going too much. So it's like I was in my element when this all started. And you know, I have video games, luckily, that have been holding me down throughout the mm-hmm. pandemic. Um, those times when, you know, you're just working too much or just, you don't know what to do. Yeah. Um, so games have definitely been that filler for me, uh, which is why I kind of started on Twitch as well. Uh, but yeah, no, it's just been led me to just getting more creative. Cause like, you know, when you got minimal resources, all you can do is like imagine and, and try to create things out of like whatever you have around you. So it's been very, very interesting, um, throughout the pandemic of how to like juggle certain things and like prioritize certain yeah. things. So, uh, I think that that's probably been the only like struggle I, could, I guess I could say. Um, but I've been blessed enough to just like be in a good mind space throughout this whole time.
0: That's good. Yeah. Because I mean, even speaking it like to my friends and some, some people, uh, who are like creative as well. One thing they mentioned was, especially at the beginning, they're like, man, I'm really having uh, a tough time, whether they be like a graphic designer, like creating graphics or whether they're like on YouTube, like yourself, like just creating content. So like you're, you're saying like, you, you know, throughout this whole time, you haven't had any like creative blocks or anything that like that has been pretty like smooth sailing. Yeah,
1: no, it's probably been the opposite of that, to be honest. Like I've just gotten probably more creative with certain things and like just really done some research on other things that I was already working on pre-pandemic. Okay. And I'm really just learning it a little bit more, I guess, becoming more of a fan of like comedy and, um, you know, even just just the things that people are putting out on the internet. Like I just started out on TikTok probably okay. like last week and TikTok's been going really well throughout this entire time but then there was like the whole is it going to get banned is it yeah. so I was like do I even hop on this train like what do I do with this so just waiting that out and seeing what creators have been able to do on that platform as well as like um in the podcast space what yeah. how the podcast space has just grown regardless um and it I think even just with this pandemic you've had a lot more people attracted to things like podcasts to like fill their time to expand their mind, or have them thinking, or you know, just not be in the regular state of mind that they're usually in. It's a lot of escapism. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, that we we dabble in a lot of escapism when we do the arts. So it's like um, just seeing how people utilize that has been pretty interesting for me.
0: Yeah, it has. I mean, especially especially with TikTok too, because it's like, I mean, we, I, I'm on TikTok as well. And just to see like the different trends that are going on and the cool content that people are coming out with, I'm like, okay, I, you know, a lot of people, you know, have a lot of time on their hands too, right? So it's like, you know, uh, they're creating just so much right now. And you're seeing them
1: be- do all that stuff. So you're like, why can't I do something? You know what I mean? Like, it's, yeah. it's not impossible to still keep things going. And like, we've seen things come out of this pandemic, like the versus, for example, mm-hmm. the versus yeah. battles and stuff like that. So there, there are people still creating, even though they're, they're locked down or quarantined or what have you. So I, I don't see it as an excuse. I, I was like, okay, this is like inspirational.
0: Yeah. If anything, it made you be like, okay, like create more, just get more on top of things, things,
1: especially when it was like, uh, the early quarantine days when it was like, you really were like a kid again because you had no real responsibilities. You didn't have to go anywhere to work or clock in anywhere or answer to anyone. You're just home eating and watching TV. (laughs) And so it's like being a kid again. So I was like, I don't know why people are stressing. Like we've asked to be a kid again since you touched adulthood. This is like the one opportunity you're going to get to like, just fuck off.
0: <laughs> <And do nothing. laughs> you know what I mean, so, yeah, so like, yeah. I well advantage of that. Exactly. Exactly. That's a, that's a good way to put it. Um, so for, you know, I'm sure a lot of people, obviously they know you right now, or, uh, you know, from your online presence as a comedian actor, you know, you're all over the place on social media. Um, mm-hmm. but how did things, you know, kind of start for you? Like, bring me back a little bit to, uh, you know, your upbringing yourself as a kid, you know, where did you grow up and, what made you want to get into this world of entertainment and, and comedy? Uh, well, I bounced around a lot. I started
1: in Toronto, then I moved to Scarborough for a lot of years and then um, from Scarborough, I moved to Maple um, when I started high school and yeah, just like, I just always loved attention. Um, I was always that kid, especially cause I was like super skinny. I was super small. Um, but I had a big mouth. I had like a Napoleon oh, complex so, and everybody would be like, Oh, your mouth's going to get you in trouble one day and yada, yada, yada. Yeah. And yeah. so I was just always that kid just trying to get attention because I was so like just tiny. Right. And, um, yeah, that transferred just into my adult years. Um, still yearning for attention, and <laughs> especially because also we had a lot. Of, I have a lot of siblings, so it's like
0: oh no way, okay.
1: Attention okay. in the house is also one of those things. Like yeah, being funny will get you that. You know what I mean? I sure. I just noticed sure. that being funny got you into a lot of doors, and I liked being funny. It was it was a joy for me to make see other people laughing, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. when um, I think I was 09, uh, a friend of mine was entering the VJ search uh, okay. at and I was, I had no idea anything about it. I didn't know about the previous years or anything like that. And was just like, Oh, just do it with me. I don't want to do it by myself. I'm like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. both entered it. We both made it to a round of 16. Uh, and we both all, made it all the way to the final four uh, for the, basically the final four is like five days live television that you have to host much on demand. Oh, and wow. so we did oh. that, yeah, it was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that, and yeah, especially because then I had absolutely no experience uh, right. with any of that stuff. Um, the first time I had been in front of a camera and did anything uh, was literally the audition tape that I sent in. Wow! So that was okay. like, hurts, like doing anything on camera. And then to make it all the way to the finale, I was like, this is this is a lot. And I lost in the finale. I came in second to uh, Liz Trinier. And okay, yeah, yeah. There, I gained this big following on social media from being on tv for those five days and like a lot of people you know you have the people voting for you the team liz team marlin all that stuff and so i had a lot of people that were now paying attention to me and i didn't know where to go next or what to do next and i had made a youtube video of just like doing the cooking dance i think like little oh B- like the, oh, the little B. <laughs> I did like one of those videos yeah, yeah, like yeah. I was drunk in a hotel it was my friend's birthday and I was just sitting at a chair and I just did that and it mm-hmm. went like I think it was like 50,000 views or something like that. I'm like why are people I was like okay. Yeah. And then from there uh I made just a bunch of different videos. Me and my boy made a video about putting on makeup bad. So like we okay. just took took girls makeup and we just made jokes out of putting it on like and not knowing how to as straight guys. Yeah, yeah. And, uh my next video after that was masturbation video.
0: Oh wow. Okay. That's a topic. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> we
1: were just talking, we literally just covered everything, no pun intended about mm-hmm. masturbation. And, uh, it went to world star at the time, which was like a big platform.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: once they picked it up, it went viral. And like, I just started doing YouTube videos from that. And I was just like, Oh, this is fun. Like I'm getting it. This is the attention I wanted. <laughs> like I'm getting it now.
0: Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, well, even, man, even in getting a video on world star like, you think about where world star was at back in the day, if you want world star, it was like a big deal. You're guaranteed at least like a hundred thousand views if you're, if yeah. you're on that platform, which yeah. is crazy. Yeah,
1: definitely. That was, uh, that was the TikTok of its time for sure. Yeah, literally, literally,
0: um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so you made a, you made a, a you made- point earlier that I want to go back to about like, when you were in school, you were always that person who was like, you know, kind of like the class clown and stuff like that. But it's just funny because it's like, I'm, I'm, I got a little flashback to when I was in school. Now I wasn't the class clown, but it's like, you know, on report cards, you know, that person in class, who's always like, you know, making jokes or, you know, making other kids laugh, they'd be like, oh, you know, like he needs to improve, he needs to like be quiet. He just needs to like do yeah. his work. So I feel like not to say like school like boxes you in but it's like I feel like if if you're like as a teacher you know you're either being one of those kids where it's like you're being told oh, like you know I'm a I'm naturally this way and I'm told not to be that way um so many kids like will go through that and it's only later on to you know when they're down their career path that you realize oh wow like you know that kid who was a class clown he really had a talent to be a comedian or an actor so I mean, when you were, I guess I wouldn't say being shunned or, you you know, when you had, when you're going through those experiences, did you, did you really like take it to heart or were you more so, Hey, you know what, like, you know, watch me in in five, 10 years. Like, you know, I'm going to take my comedic talent and really make something of myself. Or were, were you just trying to, you know, kind of figure things out as you went along?
1: Oh, yeah, I've always it was always like a, a defiant thing. Like, you guys don't mm-hmm. know what you're talking about. I'm not an idiot. I like I know what I'm doing. I know I don't. It was like, I think at a very young age, I saw through these like the rules at school. Yeah, Um, it started when they would like, try to scare you going into like the bigger grade. Like, oh, they're not going to put up with this in this grade. And then they put up with it in that grade. And I was just like, they're lying. Yeah. It what's even going matter. on? <laughs> Like, it doesn't even matter anymore. And you can't fail me for talking. Like, that doesn't mean it yeah. makes sense. So at the end of the day, if I got my my work done and my projects or whatever, I was just like, I'm going to say and do whatever I want. And I, especially with the teachers that really hated it, I would, like, put my signature on tests and uh, shit. And be like, you should keep that. And, like, do that, all that little cheeky shit. Yeah. And yeah, it was just like, I think I recognized that being able to talk was a skill when I was younger mm. because I noticed that so many kids – either couldn't speak up or when they did, they said the wrong things. And it was just like, if I'm able to say things and consistently make people laugh, I think there's something there. Like, I don't think that that's, I'm like, I don't think that that's just an accident. I don't see everybody in my class doing this Mm -hmm. and I'm the only one getting in trouble for it. So it's like, I think if I'm getting, especially if I was getting in trouble for it, if I got in trouble for it, I was like, Oh, that was a good one like (laughs) give yourself a pat on the back back. yeah yeah. Yeah, Yeah. if I I didn't get in trouble for it it was like I could do better yeah exactly I can amp it up yeah yeah
0: definitely that's funny um speaking of just uh like developing your like developing your skills um just as a comedian actor because it's like there's no school there's no like course to like teach you how to be a comedian so in those early days like what were you doing to like you know, I guess develop your skills and kind of test content out to see what, what people like and what people don't like.
1: Um. Well, I grew up on Fresh Prince, so that was just like, well, I mean, it was my DNA. Like, I thought I was Will Smith when I was a kid. Like, yeah. I, just, I just thought I wanted to be him so bad that I just pretended I was him, like, all the time. So that just became a part of my personality okay. growing up. And then on top of that, I always loved stand-up. Like, even as a kid, if if I didn't understand what they were saying, if people were laughing, I'd start laughing with them.
0: It was just okay. like, I just,
1: I just loved that whole format of someone being on stage and just talking and everyone's laughing. And I'm like, that's... And my family's laughing. I'm like, they're not even in the same room. And yeah. they're laughing like they're there. So I'm like, this is crazy. And growing up watching Comic View, uh, you know, watching Richard Pryor, watching Eddie Murphy, mm. like... All these guys, like, just really, like, I always gravitated towards the funny guys. And I realized that, like, it was never, like, I was not the biggest Arnold Schwarzenegger fan or, or like, even with wrestling. I was into wrestling and I'd always liked the, like, the funny guy. Like, that one clown that came in with the dwarf clown every time. I'd lose my mind for it. Mm
0: -hmm. And so, Mm
1: -hmm. I just realized what I gravitated towards. And I think uh, from a very early age, I knew what I wanted and what I liked. And I stayed true to that.
0: I like that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's also, that's also a good point right there. Cause it's like you said, you stay you stay true to what you liked and who you are, because I feel like not, not everybody, but some people can go down the path of like, you know, they see that maybe what someone else has done and they, they've, been successful at that and they say, oh man, I need to, I need to alter what I'm doing in order to get their type of success. But at the end of the day, you know, you're a perfect example of, you just, you just stuck in your lane and now, you know, you're able to, you know, you've reached a level where it's like, okay, you know what, I have, I've had some success and people are, you know, connecting with the type of content you're putting out. Um, You mentioned stand up, Uh, did you, would like early on, did you, did you do stand up like in front of audiences and stuff or was it more so you just watching? I just did stand-up
1: for the first time in uh, 2012, I think it was. was the first time oh. I did stand-up. I was terrified. It was horrible. Yeah, I can imagine, um, yeah. And, yeah, I, after that, it was a terrifying experience. I never did it again for, like, three years. Okay. And then, like, I w- I got booked. I think people thought I was a stand-up comedian. Mm-hmm. Uh, either that or they were trying to play a joke on, like, a YouTuber. Okay. Because, like, I'm a YouTuber, but I was getting booked for stand-up stuff. Oh, and okay, so, okay, or okay, like okay. Or if I had a hosting gig. So, like, people would – I would do hosting gigs at, like, schools and stuff like that mm-hmm. and university mm-hmm. galas and shit. And they would be like, yeah, if you could do, like, a 15-minute bit here. And I'm just like, what – What am I supposed to say there? What are you you expecting of me? Yeah, yeah. So, like, I got kind of thrust into those situations. I remember one event I thought I was hosting. It turns out it was a full-on stand-up comedy show with um, Tricks the Comedian and a bunch of different other comedians that were like, that's what they do. Right, that's their
0: thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: And so here I come, the internet kid, and I remember – doing moderately well and then forgetting the second half of my jokes oh, and no. just like cutting it off and be like, well, that's my time. Thank you. And everyone's like, <laughs> everyone kind of looked puzzled, like he's done already. Like, yeah, no, so, sure. No, sure. yeah. So it was just like, and I remember the the look on like the comedian's faces when I went to the back and it was kind of like, um, I, I at the time I didn't realize what it was. I thought they were kind of this like, just laughing at the fact that I just didn't finish in time. Yeah. But over time I realized that it was just like, there's a thing between standup comedians and internet comedians where they don't really give you that type of respect. And they don't think mm. that you can do funny things on stage as standup because it's not edited and it, there's no like, you know what I mean? There's no barrier mm. between the audience. <laughs> so it's like, I real once I realized that is when that lit the fire into me. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this shit.
0: Yeah, and I'm gonna, I'm going to show gonna, them
1: uh, like yeah, it was it's back to that I'm going to show them uh mm-hmm. mentality and it was just like after that I just st- started doing it more and more, I started studying more and more and just seeing stand up in a different way. And yeah, after that I just I started doing pretty well. I started doing more and more shows. I did my first show um that I put together myself last year. Okay. Um, in October and that was like an unbelievable show. It was so fun. And this year I had planned on putting out my first special but pandemic COVID. all that yeah. stuff yeah. yeah you know what i mean everything uh, kind of shut down so hoping to get back to that in the future for sure
0: no 100 maybe like a 2021 2022 show or something like that who knows um yeah. so speaking of of youtube i want to bring it back to that because i feel like um you know that's where a lot of people and a lot of your your audiences and you know a lot of the content you put out is, is on there so the like, so at least the video that I uh, saw that I, you know, first time I was exposed to your, your stuff was the series you put out called Shit Toronto People Say. Um, I You know, I know that kind of blew you up and, and went viral. Obviously, like us being from Toronto, we know, OK, like why that would be funny because it's like, you know, the stuff Toronto people say, it's, it's pretty funny, the slang and all that. But what was, uh, you know, what made you want to create a series like that? And, and you know, were you surprised when it just like, you know, took off the way it did?
1: Yeah, uh I think it was a mixture of a couple things like I I know around that time it was like around 2012, 2011 yeah. um I had like just gotten my own space for the first time like with roommates and stuff like that and uh at the same time Drake was just on a high in the mm-hmm. world. People was that uh was that Take Care? Take care? Yeah, it was after, right after Take Care. It was okay. like probably a here a bit after Take Care. And like Toronto was just on a high at that point um, in terms of the world starting to like pay attention to us, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like we didn't, they didn't know we were there for a long time and they finally saw us. And um, so people were getting, especially through Drake, drake's music people were getting hints of like toronto lingo and like lifestyle and stuff like that and they were curious they wanted to just know more because i I know a lot of people in the states especially didn't know black people were even in canada oh really yeah they they had no idea so i think that was one of those things especially the fact that he's jimmy from the grassy and all that other stuff all those things uh came in but that matched with the fact that there was already a trend going around for shit people say. So it was like, shit, black girls say, shit, Mm. uh, shit, white girls say to black girls, shit, um, Colombians say, like the list goes on. It was almost everyone. Shit janitors say, it was was literally everything at one point. And I was like, there's no shit Toronto people say, like we have, Mm. and it was kind of like, when I thought of that was the first time I thought we have our own world. Like I never really, I never really thought of it ever before because I, we didn't really think of ourselves as significant enough to even say something like that. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. when I thought of, why don't we have a shit Toronto people say? And I kind of like went through the motions in my mind. I'm like, man, we don't have like, nobody thinks that this is like a world. Like we have our own thing. I'm like, yeah. we have to do this video. We have to do this video. And I, my boy came over, we put together, like everything we did was literally like, okay, let's do this and then we'll do that and then do this. All right, cool. Film it. Did it. All right, next. What are we going to do? Let's go over here and do this and do that. And it was just literally just that for, for about three or four hours. And um, yeah, once I put the video out, it did pretty well. And then like a couple days later, I think Drake tweeted the video and commented on it and it was like, oh, this is so funny doggy or something like that. And I was in the club at the time. I was at Wet Bar hosting a party, and my phone just started going insane. Like, it was just crazy. And people in the party started coming up to me like, yo, yo. (laughs) And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I was like freaking out. And everyone's showing me what's going on, and I got super drunk that night, and it was was a great night. And, yeah, so I just kind of – from then, I made shit Toronto people say part two. I made shit Jamaican people say it, and so on and so forth
0: that's crazy yeah and the, and the fact that you said it was very like it sounds to me that it was very like off the cuff like i thought yeah. like from the outsider it seems like it was like super strategic but like the stuff you did i'm assuming it's just like stuff that just came to your mind or what you've heard yeah. yourselves would use which is yeah. crazy we we're literally
1: like what words do we forget oh, right. <laughs> And figure out a word and then we'd be like all right how are we gonna do this or how are yeah. we gonna fit this yeah. part in okay let's go to the barbershop and then we'd sit at a barbershop and just talk shit for a bit and we we try to just throw in as much slang as humanly possible into every scene. Yeah. And then when I chopped it up, I'm like, we got to kind of isolate. Like, it's just too much at once. Each mm-hmm. scene has to, like, focus on one thing or one aspect. And so when I started chopping it up, that's when, like, it became what it is.
0: Okay. Okay. I like that. That's awesome. Um, so I guess on the, on the topic of viral videos, I mean, it's not just that video, but a lot of your content has gone, uh, viral throughout the course of your career. So when you're, I guess your creative approach, so when you're, you know, thinking of ideas Mm -hmm. or putting content out there, are you like, is there a certain formula or secret sauce? That's like, okay, you know, if I do this, you know, this, this, this video is guaranteed to go viral or are you more so like focused on, okay, you know what, what do I want to put out? And then, um, what's something that my audience is going to connect with at the end of the day? Like, how do you approach this? Um, well, there's no, especially with virality, like there's certain things you can do. Um,
1: I find the things that you could do are very hacky. And only certain mm. types of people do those things. Um, and so I've never really enjoyed that type of comedy. I think it's cheap. It's very just, it's easy. Cookie like cutter, if, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I know, if I get a flamethrower, I know I can go viral tomorrow. Like it's very, it's just not hard. You know yeah. what I mean? But Pull an pull a Elon yeah, Musk. Yeah, it's, it's, there's, little, there's so many different little things you can do that you know, no matter what, this is going to get views, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but what yeah. type of attention you want, I think is, is super important. I don't want fickle or uh, quick, easy attention. I want to like really earn my following, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So I feel like the only way to do that is to to do things that I really love, first of all, and at the same time, things that challenge me as well. And like I find the videos where we're constantly laughing while mm-hmm. filming it, yeah. those are the ones that I always do well. Like if we're, if we're just going through the motions of, all right, next scene, let's get over here and do this. Uh, mm-hmm. In my head, mm-hmm. halfway through, I'm like, ah, I'm going I'm to have to do a lot of editing on this one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Cause editing yeah. can save a lot too. Sometimes you don't, you can't necessarily see the finished product, um, the way it's intended to, to finish, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of times if, we're laughing throughout the filming. I'm like, yeah, this is good. If I'm laughing, yeah. writing the idea, I'm like, Oh, I got to do this tomorrow.
0: <laughs> yeah. 100%, you know what I mean? so, done.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I I can tell the difference of when I'm sliding myself, I guess I can say.
0: Okay. Okay. I yeah. like that. Yeah. If I know um, I'm
1: sliding myself, then I feel like I'm sliding the audience.
0: Hmm. So yeah, so it's like you almost approach it where it's like, okay, if, if me and my boys or myself think it's funny, then I know that, okay, the audience that watches me is going to dig it too. Okay.
1: Especially because I'm like, it's such a tough critic when it comes to comedy. Like I'm like the bars in hell in comparison to, to where I like hold comedy, like the things that people laugh at online, I'm constantly like perplexed, yeah. <laughs> constantly yeah. perplexed. So it's especially the people with like humongous followings. Majority of the people are humongous. Like it's astronomical. The following. They're almost never the funniest people. Like if they were, they would be out of here, but they're stuck to these platforms because they're not, funny outside of that. Mm. <laughs> and I noticed that a lot, especially with the bigger um the bigger social media platforms like the guys in the in the millions mm-hmm. and you still don't see them in movies or creating their own movies. I'm just like or a stand-up special on Netflix. None of yeah. these things.
0: I'm like it proves what I'm thinking of you already. <laughs> like this is this is perfect for me. You were saying about um, just, you know, uh, you know, the, a lot of the, the big comedians, you know, you see online and, uh, that stuff you're looking at their you know, their content, you're like, man, you know what? Like the stuff I'm putting out is, you know, I'm actually laughing at and people are connecting with. So, um, your, your point earlier you were saying that like you know you never see these these type of comedians transition to you know their own netflix show or have their own series which is crazy because yeah. it's like as someone who's not in the industry i i didn't even take i didn't even take that in. that's not something i wasn't even looking for so that's some yeah. that's some good perspective that i'm gonna i'm actually gonna gonna look at yeah. now too so it's it's, it's crazy. There's, there's like a
1: there's a select few that like they branch out you know what i mean like you have lamont who was doing a lot of social media stuff you have um lizzie is it Lizzie? Uh, uh, Liza, Liza, sorry. Liza. Liza, Liza yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Liza, who is hilarious. Mm-hmm. And once she got that big following, she's out of here. She was mm-hmm. interviewing the president. She had her own TV show on Netflix. Like, the, there are certain people who, like, get those followings and they're not done in a cheap way. And yeah. you can always tell which ones they are because the ones that get the big following and you see the same type of people in their videos that are in other Big followers videos Like you'll have this one guy Playing a ukulele For some reason Oh yeah yeah You know what I mean Like those I I can tell what your goal is Once you do certain things If you got a video And for some reason There's three dwarves On the cover On the thumbnail Of the video I know what You're going for I know what your intention is You know what I mean And I know also That you need these things To offset Whatever you're lacking Or need to compensate with and so, like, I, that's how I view all these things, especially with comedy. A lot of things, in my opinion, are hack, which in like comedy world just means cheap, easy jokes, like things you know is going to work, but it really doesn't satisfy you or gratify you deep down because you know you didn't really earn it. Mm-hmm. If that makes mm-hmm. sense? Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. I can't live in that world. Like some people, definitely, they see the dollar signs and that's what works. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I just mm-hmm. can't do it.
0: No, I, and I, honestly, I respect that because it's like, it's, it's, you know, like you were saying to do those hacks, just to get that success. That's kind of the easy way out, right. Rather than taking the mentality that, that, you know, you've, Taking where it's like, okay, it might take me an extra two, three years to get to that level. But it's like, I'd rather put down that f- foundational work. So I'm not, um, what's that like boxed in, I guess you could say, and, and, uh, kind of uh, segregated here, which is good. So speaking of that, I want to transition now to talk about, you know, the business side of the, of the entertainment industry, because, you know, I feel like you're in a unique position where you're obviously a creator on these platforms, but then you're an entrepreneur. And I, I feel like you're, you know, you, you get that side of the the industry, um, from behind the scenes. So, you know, today... I feel like with social media really popping off, it's like you know you see young adults, you see young teens, like you know uh, you know every time on online uh, I'm online, it's like you know you know this this teens blowing up on TikTok or this person's blowing up on YouTube. So we're we're really in a landscape now where people have moved have moved away from the conventional. Oh, I just want to go and get that nine nine to five job to support my family. And now so many so many people are be like, nah, like I want to make it on YouTube. I want to make it as a content creator. So do you see as someone who's in the industry? right now, do you see this phenomenon, um, only getting bigger as time progresses? And for those young teens out there who are, you know, who have some internet like fame or some internet notoriety, what, what are, how do they, how do they prepare themselves for, you know, all the success, all the, the things that come with that success? Um, and maybe what are some things that they can do so that they don't get caught up in that, you know, influencer lifestyle and kind of go down that wrong path?
1: Yeah. Well, it's definitely growing. Um, I think for the right reasons, I think a lot of people are taking back ownership of their time and their life. Yeah. That's big. Uh, that's big. And I think that also, uh, with seeing so many people explore their arts, even people who are working, they see that and they're like, I got to tr- Like, I got to try the thing I like doing, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? And, Um, you seeing some people try some people give up pretty easily some people you see try many things give up many things easily And then there are some people who just stick through it because they love it and it's just what they love to do So I find the people who do it because they love it and not because they want fame Yeah, are ones that do the best um in terms of personal and like mental health uh, because there's something about like going back to those those really large platform people like that a lot of them crash and burn like right in front of our eyes we yeah. see it all the time like I have I don't know a so- single social media couple that has worked I, even the biggest ones in YouTube yeah. history I don't know one that's worked and it's because they're chasing fame they're not even chasing their relationship anymore and so like w- when you're doing something that you love regardless of. However many people you get I think at the same time before you start anything you got to define what success is to you Mm -hmm. Um, Success for some people is a million followers some success for some people is Selling a couple of their recipes or selling an ebook or whatever Mm
0: -hmm. but
1: if you don't go in and define what success is for you from the jump uh, or at least while you're doing it uh, I think you're always just gonna be clueless like you're just going to be running in every direction trying to do everything and trying to serve all people and you can't serve all people everybody's not going to like you everyone's not going to like what you do um everyone doesn't have to either yeah and i think a lot of people go into it looking at what other people get and only seeing the good parts so like they're only seeing the brand deals they're only seeing the um the red carpet invites but they're not seeing the people calling out insecurities in their comment section they're not seeing people sending death threats in their their um, inboxes or mm. um, people trying to get them to save them from killing themselves like these are things that you get a lot like i've gotten an enormous amount of suicide like threats wow. and can you help me right now and like you don't know what i'm going through you know yeah. what i mean like, yeah. not to say anything you're going through is is worse or better but you don't know what this person is going through, but these people have to deal with that on that end all the time, especially Mm -hmm. in terms of like charitable. Like if people think you're rich, I can't imagine. No, I've made sure to make everyone know I'm not. (laughs) I've (laughs) made that throughout my career. Don't ask me for shit. So (laughs) I can't imagine the people who are out here flexing Range Rovers and money giveaways and PS5. I can't imagine their DMs with people saying I'm late on rent. Could you send me a thousand or like, there's a lot of weight that gets thrown onto you as an influencer that you don't really talk about because it's other people's shit. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And yet, yeah. yeah, you still have to go, like, I have to go through my whole day knowing someone might be killing themselves right now because I didn't respond quick enough. to a a message you know what i mean so
0: so so like i want to just key on that point so how do you so having people message you that type of like in like life or death information and you're sitting there it comes on your phone or your computer like how do you how do you mentally deal with that like do you is there like a weight on your shoulder do you feel responsible like how do you deal with that because that's not that's not really a normal occur like normal occurrence especially getting getting that in volumes
1: yeah it's like, I just try to keep treat every case, like, case by case. Like, yeah. uh, every people send something to me, I'm like, okay, do I, like, do I respond to this? Am I in a mental state to respond to this? Mm-hmm. Is this an attention grab? Is this, like, there's so, because there's times where you'll say that, and then someone will veer off into conversation that had nothing to do with what they initially said. And it's yeah. like, did you just do this to just get me to talk to you in the DM? Like, so it's navigating all of that is just very sticky. It's also very like mentally draining. If you've yeah. got to think about that for the entire day or however long. Um, and it's, it's not one of those things also that you want to be like, yo, stop messaging me that you want right. to kill me. <laughs> no, Cause you'll feel like an evil person. Like at the end of the day, we're human beings if someone wants to kill themselves, I should really take that seriously, even if I don't know them. Right. So Mm -hmm, uh, it's it's just very, it's a very confusing thing to deal with. Um, And it's like, it's a large responsibility to throw at people that you don't know.
0: Mm-hmm. no 100 percent. yeah like i can't i'm just like racking through my brain right now if i got one of those messages like how i would deal with it it's a it's a daunting task for sure so i mean when you get yourself in these situations like who are some people that you go to to like maybe get their opinion um do you have anyone in particular that you talk to about this stuff like in terms really- of now no? you just kind of deal with it yourself
1: kind of deal with it myself yeah okay. i don't okay. i don't want to put that on someone else on top of it true, so i'm true, like true, i just deal true. with it myself i'm like honestly i don't want to like, especially cause it's not my business in the first place. I'm like, yeah. I don't really want to share this person's business with someone else. And they mm-hmm. might know mm-hmm. someone. It's just like, it's a lot. So
0: I just yeah. try to deal with it myself for the most part. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good approach. And it'll, it'll save you a lot of, uh, I guess like, you know, the confidentiality with those type of messages is, is, uh, yeah. is definitely important. Um, so, you know, I mentioned earlier kind of your duality here about you being a creative and an entrepreneur, um, you know, you've been in this industry for, you know, years right now, uh, up to this point, what is in your, in your eyes, what does it really take, you know, to make it in this industry? Because I think it's, it's pretty unique in a sense where, you know, you can be the most popular person on the internet one second and then two days, two days from now, you know, you could be, you could be gone or replaced by someone who's, you know, the new hot thing in the moment. So mentally, how do you, how do you deal with that? And w- what are some of the qualities that you've seen? Um, you know that someone needs to have in order to make it in the industry long term. Um,
1: well, first of all, you need to make sure you have no Twitter past two thousand eighteen. Um, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that's one key these days. Um, <laughs> these old these old tweets are really getting people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think you you definitely need to be consistent. I think that's the number one thing.
0: Because
1: mm-hmm. even <laughs> if you're not putting out something that's amazing, as long as you're still putting things out, I think that's that helps. Okay. Uh, for- and let's see being consistent does uh like, does having it's a good because- a good team help yeah definitely having a good team definitely helps but like it's tough because there are times where like you'll just grow as a person mm. and and want to switch things up and your audience will not necessarily be with you for that
0: a okay. lot of times okay.
1: people come to you for a certain thing and when you're not providing that thing anymore then they're like, "Why am I, why am I even here? I don't know if I want that from you." You know what right. I mean? So right. I find even myself like, I think it was on, I was on TikTok the other day, and there was a guy who made this uh, video. It was like a funny singing video, mm-hmm. and so I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh, let me go look for." He's got to have some more. Right, right. Not, not one, not oh. one. Right. I clicked off his page so quickly, and I'm just like, oh, oh, "That's okay. what do to me." Yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. what people do to me because especially if you came to my page, first thing you saw was shit Jamaican people say. If you now hear me speaking Toronto slang nonstop yeah. in another yeah. video, you're going to be like, I thought you were the patrol guy. I thought you were the Jamaican guy. Like, I don't, I don't want this. You know yeah. what I mean? So yeah. it's very tough to, um, it's tough to gauge what keeps you in the game. Cause okay, there's so yeah. many things that are out of your control that will take you out of it. If that makes sense. Mm. Uh, so it's, it's very tough to say what keeps you in the game, but definitely consistency teamwork. Uh, if you have a good team behind you and people who are pushing you and holding you accountable as well, I think those are like two major factors.
0: No, hundred percent. Um, and, and back to that, like, uh, you know, uh, that clicking off point, um, does that, I mean, I'm just trying to think of a way, like, does that, um, to maybe avoid that or to have people, uh, maybe just stay on your page longer. Do you, do you try and like, di- like diversify? Is that something that like you guys, oh, okay, maybe diversification can work or are you taking another, uh, like another approach?
1: What do you mean in terms of like content like in
0: ter- sorry that's what i mean yeah in terms of content so it's like oh, okay well you know if someone likes me for this i also have this i also have this type of contents that might be able to keep someone on my page as well instead of clicking off
1: for the most part i think i just follow the framework of what's happening on social media and then okay. i do whatever i do whatever i want inside that framework so mm. like at the end of the day you still got to know what the market is what's working and what's not, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't think you have to necessarily emulate uh, everything you see, and uh, especially the things you see that work. I, I think that that takes away from your authenticity, and like I, th- I feel like the the audience could read into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and for me, yeah, I just I kind of like just go with the framework of whatever the trend is at the time, but I'll make it me. And like, I won't really think of anybody else's thoughts of what I'm doing outside of this is the framework. So like, for example, shit Toronto people say. Mm -hmm. I knew shit some people say was a thing. Am I going to do like shit guys say to girls? Like, no, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to create, do it my own way. And I'm not really going to look for what other people want for that because I feel like that's why they're coming to me because they want it my way, not their way. You know what Mm -hmm.
0: I mean? hundred percent I, I like that um so I don't know if you've read the book uh, outliers by Malcolm Gualwell, but in there he has a theory that in order to master a skill you got to put in I think he was saying something around 10,000 hours of consistent uh, yeah. practice at your craft so at this point in your career how are you continually you know motivating yourself to you know put in those hours when you know you've already accomplished so much like what's what's motivating you now
1: uh, my bank account for the most part that okay. motivates me deeply. That, that'll be um,
0: motivating for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. It's very yeah. My checking's checking's account definitely motivates me. Um, other than that, just like I think it's just it's so I do everything, like I purposely do things and monetize things that I do anyways. Okay. So like, okay. <laughs> so like being being the funny guy or the entertaining guy, like I monetize that. Mm. So like. I don't really have to think anymore. Cause it's just me. I'm just doing it. Um, I love to talk, started a podcast, two podcasts. Mm-hmm. So like right. I, I monetize that love playing video games, started Twitch. So it's like, I don't, I don't really have to think too deeply about what I want to do next because I'm like kind of just doing it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's, just, it's become my life now. And, um, even in the things that like you have to do, like I still enjoy them. Like, you know, you have to put out promo for a project or you have to do a brand sponsored tweet or anything like that. Like I still just enjoy these things. And at the end of the day, it's not fucking picking up moving furniture. It's not fucking irrigating lawns. Like I, (laughs) life could be a lot worse. So for me to complain or anything like that would be like crazy. I just, I just go with the flow in a
0: Mm -hmm. sense. No, 100% yeah. or like not even that, but it's like so many people right now have have uh, lost businesses and, and aren't working at all. So it's like, you yeah. know, you could or we could even be in that situation. So so yeah, having that perspective and I guess just being grateful for the little things um, are so important. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. So just the, kind of the ending question here on this topic, you know, for uh, we, we started this conversation ta- or this section talking about like teens and young adults on the platform. If you have, if you could offer one piece of advice for that kid right now, who, um, you know, maybe wants to be in your position or wants to have, you know, the audience or the things that you have, um, or is even just, you know, and, and is starting their journey, what type of advice would you give them to make sure that they, you know, they just keep a level head and they're, they're doing it for the right reasons?
1: Um, I would say just make sure that everything you do, you enjoy. It's not like it, you're not trying to grab clout. You're not trying yeah. to make yourself seem cool or Even just doing things, sometimes people do things because they see other people do them and they think they can do it better. Like I don't Mm -hmm. think that that should be a motivating factor either. I think you should just do things because you really enjoy doing it. It sounds cliche as fuck, but it's cliche because it works. So many people say it because it works, you know what I mean? Um, And so, like yeah, just doing what you love, I think is probably the most important thing. Um, I can't tell people not to compare themselves to others because... (laughs) The end of the day we're human. You're going to do it. You, even if you don't want to, it, your mind does it for you. Yeah. And so like it, it's just the age we live in now where everybody shows off everything they have and tries to make other people jealous. It's a it's a jealous social network. So yeah uh, I, I think it's it's very difficult to tell people to not compare themselves, but even if you're gonna compare yourself, compare yourself for the right reasons. Like mm. I don't think you should be comparing yourself for, oh, I don't have those clothes. Like it should be more so, okay, what did they do to get those clothes? How can I do that better? How can I get to that point my way and and do it in a big way or work with that person? You know what I mean? So like, I think a lot of people's mindset has to change from this, like me against the world type thing. Yeah. I think that's probably like one of the biggest thing, holding people back. because collaboration is key. Um, I'm not self-made in the, in the least, (laughs) like uh, a lot of people have helped me get to this point. So like embracing all the help that you can get, I think is another thing that's really key
0: hmm okay no those are all good tips yeah and even like uh the social media part because i mean especially for the you know the younger people on these platforms right that's all they've they've grew up with they don't know a time where it's like oh there's no instagram oh there's no facetime you know what i mean so i think that's uh, definitely those are important points on that topic now uh you know you mentioned that you know you have your uh you know your podcast that you you co-host with uh norman alicia extra gravy so i want to talk a little bit about that uh for a sec what, uh, what made you want to kind of join forces with them and, you know, start that uh, podcast and, you know, for people who, uh, you know, come across your podcast and listen to the conversations you and the team put out, what do you want them to take away from, you know, the content and the stuff that you guys are talking about?
1: Uh, Well, I started doing the podcast because uh, I fell in love with listening to podcasts. And I noticed that in Toronto, the podcast community was very small, if not like almost non-existent, Yeah, especially in the black community that I didn't know a single podcast outside of one that was actually no longer recording anymore. So
0: um,
1: just learning about the podcast space and like it reminded me so much of YouTube where it's like, you don't have to wait for anybody. A lot of the things I do is because I don't like waiting for approval to do them. Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. the podcast, I'm like, Oh, I can get a recorder and a microphone and just anywhere. Like I can do anywhere. Mm -hmm. Like, okay, <laughs> like, let's why go. not? And yeah, we, I, I'm always the type of person, like, at house parties, end of the night, it turns into, like, gender wars, because you ah, just argue yeah, about, yeah. arguing about something with relationships, or arguing about dating, or whatever the case may be, Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, we can have these conversations and record them, let's go, like, you know what I mean, Game changer. And, yeah, yeah, change it, and then on top of that, I'm like, I have some pretty cool friends that do cool things as well, so, like, being able to talk to them about the cool shit they do i think a lot of people could learn from or like just enjoy hearing the journey at least um and yeah when alicia and norm came on board um alicia came on this year after um leaving flow and it's just it's just been great like it's just great dynamic we needed a woman on the show because you know how guys can get when they're just it's just the guys left to their own Um, devices yeah, yeah 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 exactly so uh, we needed that balance in there. She's just a great fit. She brings a lot to the show. Um, mm-hmm. The listeners are loving it. Um, and yeah, we're just, honestly, when people listen to the show, we just want you to take away that there are so many different sides to the coin. Like, I think we, we do a good job of diving into topics and not just looking at it from a jaded point of view or a optimistic point of view. We look yeah. at it from every point of view possible and and break it down to its its minimal minimal parts so i think that that's the most we want people to take away is that like especially with seeing narratives constantly pushed on social media like twitter and and instagram like you it, social dilemma talked about it a lot of times you're only getting one side of the argument i like mm-hmm. to see, i like to say that our show shows you all sides of the argument so you can make your own educated opinion on it and here's our opinion as well
0: yeah it's actually it's actually really funny that you mentioned social dilemma because I, I literally just watched that two days ago and the the fact like the part you were saying about like the two the two sides of how like information really matters it's like the fact that for anyone who hasn't watched it I highly recommend you watch it but this one part that blew my mind was the fact I think it was uh, uh, a country in Africa uh, is it Myanmar there was literally like a, a civil war started because of the the information and the sides that people would pick so it's like information is so important in making sure. That you know, um, you know, you're, you're putting out truth and you're putting out if, out facts at the end of the day. Um, so, just on the the podcasting side, what are what are some things uh, that maybe you've learned, or how does it differ from putting out, you know, your normal YouTube content that maybe you had to adjust to at first? Well, it's my most it's the
1: thing I've done the most consistent in my entire life. Um, okay, and okay. so I understood going into this from other platforms where I kind of faltered was I need to be consistent that's Mm. one thing Um, especially because of the fact that the podcast world is really like it's so new especially in Toronto in Canada Um, especially in the black space Uh, I, I was like I gotta be consistent and I gotta like show people what this is and what it's capable of and like I think a lot of times I tend to I tend to jump on things that like no one's I don't want to say no one's really doing, but not a lot of people are doing because I want to, I like the challenge in it. I love building okay. things. I love building things from the ground up. And I also feel like people complain a lot about gatekeeper this and uh, these people are, are giving us the infrastructure and all this other stuff. So I just, I find great pride in doing things myself and just getting it, being able to get it done when people think it's not a thing that can mm-hmm. be done. You're like a uh, no, no excuses type of guy. Yeah, I don't think there are much excuses for a lot of things. Like, uh, I was the type to make excuses very early on and realize how fake I was being to myself. And I'm like, why am I like trying to impress myself? Like, that's weird. (laughs) So it was like, uh, I, I don't see many excuses. And if I don't see them as excuses, I see them as, uh, uh, like fear? I, okay, like I see them as excuses, but excuses for myself, ah. as opposed to excuses for why I can't do a thing. Okay.
0: It's more okay. so
1: like, oh, you're making excuses because you're lazy. You're making excuses because you want to procrastinate. Yeah, you're making yeah, yeah. excuses because yeah. you don't want to go outside and it's cold. Like, there's so many different things we can convince ourselves of in our minds, but at the end of the day, you know, you could have done better. Yeah. So it's like yeah. I never want to be the guy that's always thinking like, oh, you could have done this, like. There are there are ideas I've written down that I've seen other people do and become rich, and I'm just like, see if I had just done it. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'm the rich <laughs> one. You're, <laughs>
0: you're, so, you're, you're like, like <laughs> oh man, like shit, like what am I, you know? It's oh, going crazy. You have, you have
1: no idea. So it's like, yeah. uh, at yeah. the end of the day, I'm like, I got to just do all, all the ideas in my mind. Mm-hmm. That's and if there's
0: there's got to be a way to do them. Yeah, and you and you know what, and that's and that's yeah. like goes into the, the the question or the equation of you know you don't want to live a life of regret you want to just you know you got one life so you got to do everything you can to uh get the get the most out of it 100 um so uh you uh, the next thing uh, i think i mentioned in the intro was uh you're you're on the show or you started co-hosting the show before they were famous now That that was big for me to see you on the show, because uh, obviously, you know, I have followed your stuff, but I've also followed the the type of content that Mike puts out. I'm a big fan of the show. So how did that opportunity come about and how has that experience been for you uh, so far doing uh, doing that?
1: Yeah, uh, Mike hit me up uh, last year at some point and really loved my videos and uh, wanted me to come in and see if I was interested in, in working with them. Okay. And um, I wa- I went in there and we just like, he's like, oh, he gave me a script. He's like, okay, let's just try banging this out, see how you feel about it. Like, if it's something you enjoy, we can keep doing this. I was like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. And so we did one video. I was like, this is this is dope. Like, It kind of reminded me of Much Music Days. Right, and- right, right. <laughs> And I love hosting. Like I just, I, I, it's very easy for me. And the, especially with a teleprompter, I'm like, this is crazy. Like I have to usually memorize shit. Right, So, right, right. so it, it was, um, it was dope. And it kind of took me out of my box too. Like I wasn't really doing anything like that. Mm-hmm. And I, t- I, I take those opportunities as like signs from the universe sometimes where it's like, okay, this is what you should be trying out. Like if it feels good what I'm doing and I'm just like, yeah, I should probably keep doing this. And so um, we started working together. Uh, there was a lot, of, there was a time where YouTube was like copywriting everything. Oh really? Um, right striking everything. Um, a lot of the investors had pulled out of YouTube. And So the money had just gone down um, significantly for all creators. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take some time off from the channel, but this year I came back um, and been working ever since.
0: Nice. Okay. No, I, I like that. That's good. And it's just, uh, I like the point that you made where it's like, you know, you're, you're, you're it, that, that show in particular helps you to kind of journey out of your box. Cause it's like when you, when you do so many things, um, you know, people can't really, you know, Oh, he's just a community. He's just an actor, which is good. Cause you know, that just gives you so much longevity, um, you know, long-term. Um, so, um, lastly, uh, you know, I want to kind of get into, you know, 2021, uh, you know, hopefully, I'm knocking on wood right now. This, this pandemic gets, gets better and we're kind of all out of this COVID situation. Um, with the amount of focus you've applied over the years to kind of get yourself to the point you are at today and all these opportunities that have come about, what's your, what's your mindset going into this new year? Um, you know, and is there anything in particular you want to accomplish? Any projects you really want to put your foot down and say, you know what, I'm getting this done? Like, what, what, What's the type of mindset you're going into uh, this coming year? Yeah, just ramping everything up. I think every year I've done um, a great job
1: of just elevating everything I do um, or adding to it. And so like I see, especially for my second podcast, The C-Stand, that's kind of what I want to put a lot of energy into next year. Okay. uh, Because we want to transform that TV and film podcast to like something pretty big. Um, and be able to do some pretty cool things with, in the city the, for the ideas that we have. Mm-hmm. Uh, also extra gravy, same thing. Like we're getting a lot of great opportunities right now. We just did a sponsorship first like major sponsorship with Foot Locker in October oh, wow. and now uh, crevassier this month. So um, things are looking up for us in the podcast space. Um, I have some other projects that I'm working on uh, in gaming okay. uh, specifically yeah. um, that I've I can't really talk about yet, but uh, will be dope for the city. Um, especially for Toronto, uh, outside of that, I want to start a board game league. Um, Okay. Okay. Interesting. I (laughs) want to start a board game league in the city. I think it would be really dope to, because I find that there's not a lot of things for people to enjoy in, in Toronto. Like if that makes sense, there's only so much things you can do until it starts getting repetitive. And, And, uh, and you start going to the same thing every year on this day and it's just it's very repetitive after a while so like I kind of wanted to put together a board game league to like shake things up. I love game nights. I know everybody loves fucking game nights. Me too. I'm a fan too. (laughs) uh, Yeah. And some people get really competitive, right? But that energy kind of just stays wherever that game night was and then everybody just goes back to their lives. Right. I want that energy to continue for a couple months. You know what I mean? Okay. And um, I kind of want to do like an East versus West, have teams kind of set it up like a real like NBA league type thing. Um, I want to have refs, commentators, all that good stuff. So just working out the kinks of that. I already got the logo done. Okay, nice. Okay. (laughs) So, um, yeah, just working on that, trying to get the logistics of that, because especially with, you know, COVID and all that stuff, it's definitely something that can't be done yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: but when things open up, I'm definitely going to be um, putting a lot of energy into that as well.
0: Okay, nice. I'm honest. I'm, I'm really, I'm excited. That sounds really exciting. I'm going to keep my eye out for that when you start pushing it out. And oh, uh, yeah. yeah, I'll be man. I don't know if there's going to be a form or something to sign up, but I'll, I'll definitely put my. I will send you the down. registration.
1: <laughs> I will send you the registration registration form. We're going to have teams of five. <laughs> okay, teams awesome. Five.
0: Appreciate it. No. <laughs> appreciate it. Um, so for people out there who, you know, they want to learn more about you, they want to check out the podcast, check out the channel. Um, where's the best place for them to find you at?
1: Um, you can find me on social media, that dude McFly on almost everything. Um, I just started on TikTok. You can follow me at the Marlon Palmer. Um, yeah. Podcast extra gravy show. We do it every Wednesday. Uh, we talk pop culture and um, speak to creatives as well. And uh Saturdays, I dropped the C stand, which is the concession stand. We talk TV and film with my boy, Gabe. Um, we just started that about a month and a half ago. Uh, we've been doing really well. It's like We have about 10, 11 episodes out so far. So if you guys want to check those out, talk about Queen's Gambit. We've talked about Game of Thrones. We've talked about uh, just – we cover a lot. And we talk about especially um, new movies being announced in um, certain um, – Movies or TV shows that are coming out and stuff like that, and give you a little bit of preview. So, we uh, we dive into a lot of the TV film industry with that. Um, like I said, the TikToks, YouTube. I'm gonna start doing some YouTube videos again probably soon. Um, but yeah, outside of that, not really, should, not not really anything going on. <laughs> oh yeah, before they're famous, of course, before they're famous, you can check me out. Um, I do house tours uh, for the rich and famous on there as well as once in a while I do some uh, before they are famous bios as well. And uh, on Thursday nights on Clubhouse, if you have Clubhouse, we do Midnight Society where we review like new music that drops.
0: Okay, nice. You're, you're you're everywhere, man. I'm telling you. It's TikTok clubhouse. Jeez. I'm, I'm trying to be annoying. I'm trying to be annoying come 2021. You know what? I, I like it, though. And guys, you know, all those links Marlon just mentioned right there, I'll make sure to leave in the description box below. So you guys, uh, you know, easy picking for you guys. Just go down in the description and you'll be able to uh, find that all there. Um, okay, so lastly, um, I want to just have a, a quick rapid fire question game here. I'm just going rif- to rifle off some rapid fire questions and you can give a rapid fire response back. That be great cool. ready to go yep okay so right. the first one drake or cardinal official drake drake okay you answered that pretty quickly i thought there'd be a little dilemma there but i, I thought haven't. this was rapid i
1: thought it was rapid true, true, I didn't know.
0: so there are only two shows on t- so there's only two shows on tv which one are you watching the boondocks or fresh prince of bel-air fresh prince of bel-air okay who has the better chicken sandwich chick-fil-a or popeyes uh-huh.
1: this is tie. they both lose
0: <laughs> okay. <laughs> Lastly, um, oh if you were an, if, if you were an artist, um, which Toronto label would you sign with, OVO or EXO?
1: I'd sign with OVO.
0: Okay, good choice. I like that. Alrighty, uh, guys, that concludes the interview. Marlon, I really appreciate you sitting down with me, man. I had a great time talking with you. Um, Guys, like I said before, I'll make sure to leave um, all the links Marlon mentioned in the description box below, as well as our own links. So if you guys want to keep up to date on the content we're dropping, you'll be able to do do that. Um, Marlon, thank you again. Guys, thank you for watching at home, and we'll catch you on the next episode of Real Talks. guys it's your host brady carducci thank you for tuning into this episode of real talks just wanted to give a special thanks to our editor daniel for editing this episode and our producer jesse for creating the music if you've enjoyed this episode make sure to rate and leave us a review on apple Podcasts or itunes it would honestly help us out tremendously if you would like to stay up to date on new episode releases make sure to hit that subscribe button you can also follow us on instagram at real show thank you and i'll see you on the next episode of real talks